Welcome to Have Hope, Will Travel. I'm your host, Katie Axelson. It is good to be with you, my friend. It's been a while since we've been together, just the two of us, but I'm so glad you're here. It's a good day. I don't know if you realize this, we're about halfway through 2020. That's terrifying because it feels like we're about 15 years into 2020. We're halfway there, my friends. Halfway there. But I love that the world is starting to open up right around the halfway point because it feels like a new year. I know it's July, it's hot, it's not wintry, we're not under six feet of snow today, but it's a new year. We're getting a new beginning. I was sitting in church a couple weeks ago reflecting on this. My church is having a worship night a couple nights a week with limited people and limited seating. And so we get to go to worship different days, not normally Sunday. So I was worshiping on a Monday night and the Lord brought to mind a passage for me. It's the passage that says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the old is gone and the new has come. And the Lord was like, hey, look it up. And I was like, okay. So I did. And then he was like, read it in the Passion Translation. I don't know if y'all have read the Passion Translation, but I am eating it up right now. Because for me, sometimes scripture gets a little dull and boring. I have a degree in it. I have studied scripture extensively. I will not in any way claim to know the entire Bible, but I'm pretty familiar with a lot of passages. So it gets a little old, and I find myself sometimes skimming it. And I hate to admit this, but it's real. And what I love about the Passion Translation is that it's new. It's fresh. It's the same words a little bit differently. So when I'm feeling like scripture is getting dull or boring, I find a different translation. The Passion is the one that I'm eating up right now. There are other ones. There are thousands of other ones. Find something different. Find something that's a little refreshing. But anyway, 2 Corinthians 17 in the Passion Translation says, Now, if anyone is enfolded into Christ, he has become entirely new creation. All that is related to the older creation has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new. I sat with that word for just a minute. And I reflected on it. Of here I am in Christ. Everything that was the old me is gone. And I am made new. It's vanished. I'm fresh. I'm enfolded into Christ. The words jumped off the page to me in a way that they haven't in a really, really long time. And I felt like the Lord said, keep reading. So verse 18 says, And God has made all things new and reconciled us to himself and given us the ministry of reconciling others to God. Oh my gosh. He has made all things new. Not just some things. All things. I want to see the justice system made new. Once we solve that catastrophic problem, I want to see the healthcare system made new. I want to see the education system made new. There are so many systems in our country that are very, very broken that need to be made new. And Christ does that. When we each do our part, do what we can to make the system less broken. But there's a promise here. And the promise is that God has made all things new. My friend, do you realize that you were included in all things? I'm just going to be honest for a second. There are days when I don't like me. 
I don't like the way I react to situations. I don't like the food I ate for dinner. That was weird. I don't like a number of different things. But the Lord has made me new. And the Lord has made you new as well. He's reconciled us to him. He's done what it takes to make us right together. I'm sure at some point you've had a relationship that's gone bad. Some unresponded to text, some argument, something where you just can't get in agreement. And it's a fight to fight for that relationship. And it requires change on both ends. The Lord has done that. He's done the hard work to reconcile us together. The relationship with your friend usually eventually heals. The relationship with Christ always eventually heals. There's not even an eventually. The relationship with Christ heals because he has reconciled us to himself. But it doesn't stop there. He's entrusted us with the ministry of reconciliation. He's entrusted us with the ministry of helping others encounter him. That's my passion. I would love for you to listen to this podcast and be escorted into the presence of the Lord every single episode. My goal is to help you encounter the Lord for yourself. I want to help you reconcile your relationship with God. Christ has done the hard work. I can just offer some practical tools to accept what Christ has done. The ministry of reconciliation has been entrusted to each one of us. That means we get to see the people in our world take one step closer to Jesus. I don't know who's in your world, but your world probably looks a little bit like mine in that I've got believers and non-believers alike. My world is full of them. But what does it look like to use my life to help reconcile them to God? And as I sat and reflected on this, the Lord was like, hey, keep reading. So I'm going to read this whole section to you from 2 Corinthians. Now, if anyone is enfolded into Christ, he has become an entirely new creation. All that is related to the old order has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new. And God has made all things new and reconciled us to himself and given us the ministry of reconciling others to God. In other words, it was through the anointed one that God was shepherding the world, not even keeping records of their transgressions. He had entrusted us to the ministry of opening the door of reconciliation to God. We are ambassadors of the anointed one who carry the message of God to the world, as though God was tenderly pleading with them directly through our lips. So we tenderly plead with you on Christ's behalf. Turn back to God and be reconciled to him. For God made the only one who did not know sin to become sin for us, so that we who did not know righteousness might become the righteousness of God through our union with him. So many pieces in that passage stuck out to me. And I know a lot of them stuck out to you as well. So pause for a second and reflect on what stuck out to you. And then I'll tell you what stuck out to me. A lot of things struck me in this passage and we could spend hours unpacking it. But I suspect you've got other things to do with your life because for most people, the quarantine is over. However, the piece that I want to talk about is the idea of God tenderly pleading. 
The passage says that he's tenderly pleading with them through our lips. If evangelism is your passion, you have leapt all over that. And you're like, yes, I am going to let the Lord tenderly plead to other people through my lips. That is a powerful ministry, without a doubt. But for me, it was a little bit different. For me, I pictured the Lord tenderly pleading with me. Tenderly inviting me back into his family. Tenderly calling me back to him. Tenderly pleading with me. It's not that I had walked away and was living a sinful life. There was some distance between the Lord and I, as happens throughout different seasons of life. And the Lord wasn't ashamed of it like I was. The Lord wasn't trying to push me off or push me aside or telling me I should have done better. The Lord wasn't showing me the faith of all the other people who've been so much better than I have. Better. What does that even mean? The Lord is tenderly pleading for me and my heart and my life. And he's inviting me back to him tenderly. And as I sit here halfway through 2020, I think about what does it look like to hear the Lord tenderly plead for me? Because this year has been incredibly overwhelming. There has been a lot going on. Imagine the students' generations from now studying 2020 in history class. I feel like 2020 is just going to be the safe answer for when anything happened. When did the pandemic happen? 2020. When did racial reconciliation happen? 2020. When did the fires in Australia happen? 2020. When did whatever we're going to experience this fall happen? 2020. All the things. 2020. This year has hit us hard. And it's not over. That terrifies me. July, please just sit down and be quiet because we don't need any trouble from you. Hey, at least February was a good month. But we're here halfway through it. And so what does it look like to reflect on where we are this year? Back in December and January, we ended a decade and we started a new one. And frankly, this is not how I would have wanted to start a new decade. I'm excited for what's to come because I think some beautiful things are going to happen. But I still think there's a lot of hard that we need to walk through in order to get to those beautiful things. And I don't know that I'm ready for hard. But as I sit back and reflect on where I was in December and what the Lord was doing in my life then and where he is now, I think it's good to flip back to my journal and to see who did I want to be in 2020? In the podcast, we challenged, who do you want to be in 2030? And what does it look like to take steps towards that in 2020? And now the question becomes, who do I want to be on the other side of this? Who do I want to be on the other side of overhauling the justice system? Who do I want to be on the other side of this fight for racial reconciliation? Who do I want to be on the other side of this pandemic? Who do I want to be on the other side of this terribly hard season that has been 2020? I want to be someone who listens. We've got more friends of color coming to share their stories on the podcast soon. I want to be someone who prepares. I praise the Lord that I was in a good financial place for the pandemic to hit. I want to always be that level of prepared throughout the rest of my life. I want to be someone who's familiar with the ballot before she goes in to vote. Which means for now, 
I'm going to vote absentee because I want to have that ballot in my hands and I want the space to be able to research a name I don't recognize because I want to make sure I'm voting for the things that matter, not just the hot topic things that happen all over the world. What do you want your community to look like on the other side of this? I listened to one of my black friends talk about how she and her husband want to have kids, but they're scared because they don't want to have to worry about their sons or their daughters being murdered because of the color of their skin. Those words broke me because I want to have kids too. I'm not married yet, but someday I'd like to have kids. And the idea of their color of their skin being a cause for death appalls me. It's not something I had ever considered for my own children. And I want a community where I'm hearing voices like that all the time. So that when I see people who look differently than I do, I can go, oh, that reminds me of my friend Haley. Oh, that reminds me of my friend Bree. Oh, that reminds me of my friend Farah. They're different people with different stories. But I can, for lack of a better term, judge them on the people that I know and not the stereotype that I've only heard. Make it personal. This is what Have Hope Will Travel stands for. We make things personal. We get to know people who are different than we are so that we can better understand. We listen to their podcast recommendations. We read their books. We watch the videos that they suggest. We learn more so that we're confronted with it. We are more prepared. We will never be fully prepared. As a white woman, I will never fully understand. But I will stand with my friends of color. I will fight with my friends of color. I will use my white privilege to make sure that they are taken care of. Lois Whitaker said to picture your best friend. And for me, that's a little lofty, not just because I really am particular about the term best friend. So for me, I pictured my closest black friends, and I invite you to do the same. How would you respond if something like what happened to George Floyd or Ahmaud Arbery or Breonna Taylor happened to one of your closest black friends? It's unimaginable. But unfortunately, it's also reality. Make it personal. We shared Haley's story a couple weeks ago. We shared Jamie's story a couple weeks ago. What we didn't talk about is that Jamie's son is mixed. These are real people with real stories. We've got friends coming in the future, and you're going to get to hear more stories, and I'm so excited for them. But picture how you'd respond if your friend's son was murdered. You'd be right there with them. You'd be supporting them in every way that you can. And that's what the Lord asks us to do when he asks us to help reconcile people to him. The other part of the scripture passage that jumped out to me is that we are Christ's ambassadors. It says we are ambassadors of the anointed one to carry the message of Christ to the world. An ambassador is someone who fights. An ambassador is someone who represents someone else. An ambassador has authority. You have the authority of Christ. It is on your lips. It is in your heart. It is in your life. And what are you telling people? 
That's a hard question because there are days when my life does not line up to that of Christ. There are days when my life falls so short. But we've already talked about that. Christ makes all things new. He's tenderly pleading for each one of us, which means we don't have to get stuck in the days when our life falls short. We get to look at what does it look like to be made new today. There's a passage in Lamentations that talks about how God's mercies are new every morning. And some mornings when I'm laying in bed or I'm brushing my teeth in the morning, that's all I can say. It's a new day. It's a new morning. There are new mercies. And so what does it look like to take advantage of those new mercies and your ambassadorship today? It starts with me. It starts with me sitting with the Lord and saying, hey, This happened. It was ugly. I want to move on. That is the old me. Who is the new me? And inviting the Lord to speak to me who he says I am. Because I sometimes forget. Because I see my flaws way faster than I see my beauty. Because I see all the ways that I messed up way better than all the ways that I stood up. And that's not saying I'm not proud of myself. I was bragging on Instagram this week about how much I accomplished when I was supposed to be working on this podcast episode. The Lord has given you beauty, and sometimes we need him to speak that over us again. So here's my challenge for you today. I want you to spend a little bit of time with the Lord. Pull up this passage on your phone. It's free in the YouVersion app. It's free at BibleGateway.com. Maybe pull it up in a couple different translations. Read it and reflect and see what jumps out to you. Invite the Lord to meet you here and trust that he will show up. Because he always shows up. Even sometimes when we don't feel him. And studying God's word, even if it feels like he doesn't show up, is still powerful. I like to remember that scripture never returns void. Which means my efforts are honored even if I don't feel like they were fruitful in that particular moment. And I want you to ask the Lord what he wants to do in your life as you reflect on this passage. Here are two questions to get you started. Jesus, what's your favorite thing about me? Remember, my friends, the old is gone and the new has come. The Lord has reconciled you to himself. He is tenderly pleading for you. He wants to shower you with blessings and with love and with words of affirmation. So let that shower fall. Like standing in a physical shower on a hot day. It is 90 degrees today. It is hot. Let that cool water refresh you. Let his beautiful words refresh you like cool water on a hot day. Like jumping into a pool. Let him bless you. Jesus, what's your favorite thing about me? Spoiler alert, it could be more than one thing. The other reflection I've got for you today is, Jesus, what actions do you need me to take today? The only way we're going to overhaul the justice system, the only way we're going to overhaul the pandemic, the only way we're going to move forward is through one little step at a time. And the role that we each play looks different. 
But we each play a role. And we each play a role today. And your role may be stay home. There is power in that role, my friend. Do not let the enemy tell you that that is worthless. Stay home and stay safe. Maybe the step you can take today is to join a protest. Maybe the step you can take is to stop a racist conversation. Maybe the step you can take today is to donate to the organizations who are making a change. I don't know what it is for you. I can tell you it's not all of those things. But what is it? Ask the Lord what's one step you need to take today. And then do it. Ask the Lord to invite you to bring reconciliation. Ask the Lord to bring reconciliation through you in whatever that looks like in your world. And then do what he asks. Spend some time with him. It's how we get to see the old being gone and the new coming. Be blessed, my friends. We'll see you again in two weeks. (laughs) 